So, hi everyone. Welcome on the live link. Is someone look, listening on the chat? We, we get, we've got a chat going? No chat. Okay, no chat. You can chat amongst yourselves here if I get, if I get, you get a bit bored, then please do that here. But uh, uh, first of all, yeah, thanks for, I just want to say thank you for those that have been supporting us over the, uh, especially over the last 18 months during the pandemic. Um, we did a, an appeal a little while back for food parcels because we couldn't get out there much in 2020. And, and I think we fed a thousand families, uh, the poorest families in Macedonia, with the food parcels from here. You know, it was, it's been astonishing, really. Um, it's been a hard time, isn't it, for, for a lot of us. Um, so, we, we look, we're on this theme of mission. Yeah, uh, I want you to put in your mind what you think a missionary looks like. All right? Have in mind, okay? Everyone get a picture of a missionary. Right, got it? I reckon that the younger people have got, like, perhaps a picture of an older lady with grey hair up in her bun who's a bit feisty. He's been out there for decades, yeah? A few nods. I think the older people are imagining someone who's a bit younger, you know, perhaps you know, really dynamic going out, yeah? How many of you pictured someone that looks like yourself? Right, so hands up. Oh, it looks a bit like you. One. One. Anyone on the chat? No chat. Sorry about that. Uh, otherwise, we would have really appreciated your, uh, your input. I wonder what Jesus says uh, about mission. And I, I, I've got this verse from Acts 1 8. And it's quite important uh, the words that Jesus says here, uh, because they're his last recorded words just before he ascended to heaven. Now, I like to think that he might have said one more thing as he was being taken up. He might have gone to infinity and beyond, but it wasn't actually recorded. Uh, so the, the words that he said was, when the Spirit comes, you will receive power and you will be my witness. Yeah? Uh, and there's not as so many ifs and buts in there, is there? It's very sort of like the Spirit will come. <laughs> and when he comes, you will be filled with this power and you will be my witness. And he goes on to say, you know, to, to Jerusalem, to Judea, to uh, Samaria and, and the rest of the, the world. So for us, equivalent is to Cheltenham, to Gloucestershire, to England, and you know, far, farther afield. And I think it was a collective thing, not so much a every one of you will do all of this, but together, I think it's a plural you. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have this nailed. And of course, Jesus at that point, he must have said to him, "Look, these are my hands, these are my feet. They're coming with me. You know, I'm not leaving them behind. So it's your hands, <laughs> it's your feet." Uh, that are going to need to do this from now on. And it's like a game of tag. Do you know when you get tagged, you're in the game. And I think as Jesus left, he like tagged his uh, disciples. You're in it now. It's your hands. It's your feet. You know, I'm going uh, to anoint you guys and you're going to go off and do the work that I did. I wonder if that felt a bit scary to them. If you're in that place where they were thinking, ah, Jesus is gone now. It's... it's up to us. I just wonder how they managed, you know, what motivated them uh, to go and do this. And like, perhaps one of the most famous missionaries uh, is St. Paul, yeah, the Apostle Paul. And he like got shipwrecked, he got beaten up, uh, he got imprisoned uh, multiple times, and yet he still kept going, didn't he? What on earth compelled Paul to keep going? And in his 
the second letter to the Corinthians, um, he, gives us, he gives us the answer. Uh, and he says, the love of Jesus has compelled me <laughs> to do this. You know, and I like the message's version of this. It says, it's moved me to extremes. And when you look at the life of Paul, you can see how he was moved to an extreme, wasn't he? Uh, by this love of Jesus. He, he understood, Paul understood how much he'd been forgiven by Jesus. I mean, we've all been forgiven the same, but Paul sort of really got it. Yeah, he got, he got it. And, and that love compelled him to share the love with others. And that passage uh, goes on. It's quite interesting. Uh, and it says, look, we are all, those who believe Jesus, we all share in that death. All, every one of us shares in the death of Jesus. And if we share in that death of Jesus, then we also share in his resurrection life. So we can't sort of look at Acts 1 and say, well, that's like just an apostle thing. That's a disciple thing. Um, that's not for me, is because just like them, Matthew, Mark, Thaddeus, etc., they all got, um, actually, was it Mark? Was it Matthew, Luke, Thaddeus, etc.? Because they all like, were part of that group. Um, so they were, they, they, they were special people. They were special people. But actually, he says, no, it's all of us guys. You know, It's me, uh, it's you. We're, because we all share in the death of Jesus, we all share in that resurrection life. And in that passage, he says, and this is a life that's far better than the life you had before. This resurrection life, uh, putting yourself out for Jesus. And so he, he like, tags us into the game, doesn't he? So, and, and I've used this sort of acronym, he trusts us, he anoints and appoints us, and he gifts us uh, into, do, into doing this. And I wonder if sometimes you look at people that are doing this sort of work, uh, we've been... And amazingly blessed going out to Macedonia uh, because you know, whenever we go out there, we just seem to see the power of God come down on so many people. We see so many people saved and blessed and healed of all sorts of things. And it could be easy to look at someone who's, who's involved in that sort of uh, ministry and think that, oh, they must be some, them from some sort of special breed, you know, or they must be a sort of specially. Uh, anointed Christian, and I just want to be perfectly honest with you guys that you know there's nothing special about me or any of the guys that go out to Macedonia. And I guess that's true for all the missions too. I mean, I don't come from a special pedigree. I, 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 um, my family are a bit mixed. My parents believe my my sisters didn't. And when I was a young Christian, I'm going to show a picture now of me as a young Christian. Uh, there I am at Reading Rock Festival uh, with a homemade fur waistcoat on. This looks quite nice actually, and um. And I'm th- I, at that moment, I, I'm a flaky Christian. I've been pulled in two directions. And what I'm actually thinking there is, look, I've just spent all my money on beer. Have I got 20 pence for soup and bread roll at the Salvation Army queue? Um, and that's where I was. For many years, I was being pulled in two directions. And it was actually mission, getting involved in mission, that sort of focused me back in when I was just left university. But, you know, it also, it's not all that easy. Sometimes... You know, when you're putting yourself out on the front line for Jesus, it is, it is tough. You don't feel that you can do it. And you might say, oh, I can't do this. It's impossible. Um, and that's true. Actually, it's true for all of us. It's, what Jesus gives us to do is impossible for us. You know, we can't save people, can we? We can't heal people. We can't see um, salvations and, or even prophesy. It's, it's only through Jesus. You know, he, I, uh, this year, has been, those that know me quite well will know it's been a tough year for me. 
um, in a mentally, I was not in a great place before I went out to Macedonia recently. And I'm not saying that to get sympathy. I'm, I'm saying that because that's the reality is, is you know, you're not, even if you're not feeling in a good place, you don't feel up to it. Jesus can still use you. And I wanted to emphasize that today because I, I feel uh, when I was preparing that there are people at Trinity who sort of want to get involved and want to do this, but they're holding back because you don't feel that you're special enough. You don't feel uh, that you can do it. And I, if I don't, if you go away with nothing else today, please understand that you are, uh, you are special to Jesus. You can be used by him if you make yourself available. You know, he, he will tag you <laughs> into this, yeah? He will trust you, he will appoint you, he will anoint you, and he will gift you into doing whatever ministry or mission he, he's got for you. So I'm going to just share a little bit about um, my recent trip to Macedonia. Uh, first of all, I got a map up. Macedonia, for those who don't know, it's just north of Greece. It's, it's where they've had a lot of the uh, fires, uh, forest fires in the last couple of weeks. And that's Macedonia. It's, it's about two million people. Very few Christians, uh, Jesus Christians, about half of a percent, mostly Muslim and, and Orthodox. And we work with a, a group of a small group of pastors that have been planting churches. And so far over the last a couple of decades, they've planted 28 uh, churches, uh, particularly amongst the poor. And, and our ministry in Mission Macedonia is uh, to support them. Now, when we did the food parcels uh, last year, uh, I saw some photos come back. And I was just moved uh, to tears by it, really, because I, I could see one of the two of the places we went to were, they went to were, uh, Gypsy slums, just outside of a southern town called Prelep. And when I saw the images of them receiving food parcels, you could see just the life etched across the faces of the, of the women uh, that were receiving these parcels. And, and when I read up about it, the, 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 there's poverty, there's uh, poor sanitation, there's poor education. Um, and the pastor there said, actually, Prelep, the town that we really wanted to go to, again, when I was out there, is the most violent known as the most violent city in Macedonia, and these two villages are even worse. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh, but we felt, you know, we really want to go out there. We really we believe that Jesus is going to do something special uh, in these villages. Uh, anyway, do you, do you, have, you, have you ever had, like, a new job, you know, got a promotion, and then you've been sat in your uh, new seat, and you get imposter syndrome? Do you know what I mean? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I remember being down in, in Hinkley Beers and I see the head of design on this nuclear passage and thinking, what? <laughs> How did I get here? And, you know, sometimes when you're out doing mission work, you know, you're thinking, I can't do this. And there's been times when I've sort of now, God, you know, going to do a big, a big conference. I think, I don't think I can do this, Lord. And he just calms and he encourages you and says, come on, you can do this. Lift your chin. You can do this. And that, and that song um, that's playing in that video, uh, Confident sons and daughters. It was, uh, it was sung at David's tent um, after they'd done No Longer Slaves. Uh, and it's Melissa Helser singing that, you know, confident, confident. It's like a prophecy over you. Conf be confident. Sons and daughters of King of Kings, be unmovable, be unshakable, be unafraid. You know, and, and, and there are times when I've, I feel I can't do this and I, and I sing that over in my head, you know, come on. Remember who you are. You know, remember, Kevin, that you stand on the rock of Jesus. Remember you are son of the King of Kings. 
You know, you are sons, you are daughters. You're unmovable, you're unshakable because you've got the power of Jesus in you. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes, uh, the power will fill you and you can be a, be a witness. And I have to remind myself that because otherwise you get this like imposter syndrome. You're thinking, oh my gosh, what is, is, is the Holy Spirit going to turn up? Is this, is this going to work? Um, so we went out to Macedonia and uh, we covered the whole country, north, east, south and west. And I think we did about five uh, evangelism meetings outdoors. We saw that, we worship over them, we do evangelism. I think well over 100 people um, made decisions for Jesus at those events. Um, we gave out loads of food parcels. Um, and then the last, and right at the end, we had three days where I wanted to go to Prelep. We wanted to go to these uh, Roma villages that you saw um, on the screen. So what we did, we did the mornings we did the villages. We did the outreach and worship myself, Tracy and Richard, like you saw. And then in the evening, we put on special services in the church uh, in Prelep. Uh, so I just want to give uh, share a bit of testimony from that time. The first evening service we did, uh, a, a lady amongst those that gave her life to Jesus was uh, the wife of a man that had been coming for two years to the church. And she was only going because her husband told her. <laughs> That's what, yeah, that happens in Macedonia. <laughs> not sure if it happens in England. Uh, but she used to go along. She was not interested in Jesus. She gave her life to Jesus. Um, and that's Moharam's wife. Now, the next day, we go into their village in Mexico. And, you know, the other guys are doing the heavy lifting during the morning. I d- and I do the talks in the evening. So, so when they were giving out the food parcels, I just went for like a wander. And, you know, and just hoping the Holy Spirit would direct me somewhere. And I, I saw this house. I thought, oh, I wander up to that house. And as I wandered up to it, out comes Moharim and his wife. It was their house. And they invite me in. So I thought, yeah, let's go for it. So we went for coffee uh, with them. And then they started introducing me to their family. And there's one guy there who was uh, one, of the, one of the young men who lived in the house. Uh, he said, this is my son. And he's a drug addict. He needs, he needs prayer. And I thought, I'd love to pray for you, but if I get into ministry time now, the bus is going to go off without me. And they have done that before. Even when I was speaking, they'd been off without me, seriously. And it took me half an hour to realise I wasn't on the bus. Uh, but I said to them, look, come tonight, just come tonight, you know. So after we'd done the, done the first talk and they were worshipping in the church, Rich and I went out to pray for people. And the, the three people came up to me straight away, um, two men from the house. Um, and uh, an older lady. So with my translator, I established what was wrong. And the two men said, well, uh, we're both depressed. We've got depression. And the, and the other lad, not the drug addict, the other one with the tattoos on his arm, I said, I've had pains in his arm for two months now. Uh, the lady, she'd had uh, pains in her knees and legs, uh, quite severe pains, and she'd had them for 10 years, just since her husband died. And she'd been going to many doctors with no response at all. So I decided to pray for the boys first and asked the lady to wait if she wouldn't mind. So we, we prayed for the Holy Spirit to come um, and just bring his peace. And the peace of God, it's, it's so powerful. You know, we think of, it's not a gentle peace. It's almost like peace, peace is aggressive. You know, it's peace attacks depression, and it attacks anxiety. And as soon as we started praying for these guys, immediately the Holy Spirit came on them. Um, I don't know if they'd ever been to church before. Uh, so I pray against the depression. I, I felt it lift as I was praying, and and, they, and I checked in with them. And they said they felt much lighter. So I took that as a good sign. 
Um, I prayed against the drug addiction of the first lad. Uh, and then for the second lad, I prayed for his arm and all the pain immediately went. Now, I don't know if that lad's drug addiction is broken, um, if, the, if the depression's gone completely, but I know the Holy Spirit is working. Yeah? And sometimes when you're ministering, that's, that, that, that's just enough. Yeah? I thought I could move on. So, so I called the lady in. Um, and because it's weird, isn't it? You know, you, you, if you've got bad knees, you go to a physio and three months later, they're better, aren't they? Ten years um, since my husband died. So immediately I think there's a trauma involved here. So there's no point me praying for her knees and legs first. So we just said, look, let's put Jesus back to when that trauma happened. And we imagine that day and I placed Jesus into that situation. We prayed into that again. The Holy Spirit comes on this woman immediately. Um, and I felt in my mind as I was praying, like a, I could see like a ball, a steel wall being thrown out of her. And when I checked in with her afterwards, she said, yeah, she felt something thrown out of her body and she felt so much lighter. So, so I, we took that as a sign that the trauma that had been with her all that time was gone. It's like the trauma acts as a root for illness. So having done that, I then just prayed for the pain in her, in her legs and knees. And immediately all the pain from her right-hand side went. Yeah? Um, she'd been going to doctors for 10 years with no difference. Uh, and I prayed for her, her left-hand side. And after about two or three prayers, about 50% of the pain had gone. And, 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 I, and I left it there. Um, and this is, you know, this is the power, isn't it? You know, when the Holy Spirit comes, and this morning when, when they covered that verse, they said that the, the, the word dunamis means like um, being able to make a change. And that was what's happening, isn't it? You're a witness, but the power in you is making a change to people. And this woman's life um, is, was dramatically changed in that moment. And the following day on the, on the last on the last night as uh, another lady from that same house I went into uh, was there and before we'd gone out we'd been praying about what, you know what healings were going to happen and things and th- there was a word that there were going to be ladies who couldn't have babies and the word was hostile womb which is a strange phrase but there we go so and this lady came towards me I thought oh I think this might be, and she said, yeah, I, I can't have babies. She said it was her ovaries. I said, well, look, we're going to pray for you, see what Jesus does. Um, again, I hadn't seen this lady the first two nights. I doubt if she'd been in church before. She puts her hand out immediately. She's filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, she's gone. And I, I think what was surprised me this time in Macedonia was, was that when the Holy Spirit came on people, they just wanted to stay in that moment. Um, it, it was ama- you know, more so than I've seen before. And then you're in this dilemma, do I break them out of it and check where they are? And then ha- when do I check in with her? Uh, when I checked in with her to see what God was doing, and I think I had my hand on her shoulder, she said that her womb area had heated up. Now, in my mind, I felt as I was praying that God was doing a recreation miracle inside this lady. And she shared that um, not only was it, it was sort of woman, and then it started pulsating inside of her. Um, now, again, I don't know if her wound is completely healed, but I just I knew God was doing something extraordinary in this woman, and I fully expect next time I go back to see her with a baby. You know, because that's the great God that we serve. You know, it is impossible. It's impossible for me. It's impossible for you. But it's not impossible for Jesus. You know, we've started praying now. When we go out, please look, God, give us, don't give us any easy tasks now. Give us things that are impossible. 
Because if things are impossible, if they're outside our comfort zone, we're more likely to see God moving. Uh, not, not every prayer is answered in the time we want it to or in the way we want it to. Uh, this time, it seemed like most of them were. Um, but you, you know, you put yourself out for Jesus, don't you? Um, and he will come. In your weakness, you know, it says in my in your weakness, you, it comes my strength. It's not in your strength, it's in your weakness that you're strong. Um, another verse that's re- really important to me, because again, I, I'm, I'm sort of emphasizing a bit how broken I feel when I'm doing ministry at times, um, but this thing about the clay pots, you know, you're just a clay pot, Kevin, but my treasure is in you. I think some of you today, you just feel like clay pots, you know, you don't feel like anyone's special, do you? And that's okay, you know, it's okay, but God puts his treasure in, in you. He puts his treasure in those clay pots. Um, and you can be trusted by God with, with mission. You can be appointed and anointed. And you can be gifted. <clears throat> and the second point I want to make, first is that God can use you. Yeah? He can. The second thing is that he will give you the tools you need. He will, he will gift you. So I just want to talk a little bit uh, about gifts. Because I don't think we ask God for enough. You, those of you who are parents will know children ask you for stuff, don't they? Yeah? Dave, you've got about 5,000 children. They ask you for loads of stuff, don't they? Um, and, uh, and I've got Mars' Christmas, Mars is my son, his Christmas list from 10 years ago. Uh, Pull-up bar, Pokemon cards, digital camera, Harry Potter, cowbell. Um, fine line of pens, he's an architect, and I see. It's a lot of his life. It's the Wii, rap hero for the Wii. Brilliant. Um, anyway, uh, and yes, he got everything he asked for. His younger brother, when he was a teenager, kept on to me about having a ball pit under his cabin bed. You know, cabin beds are sort of that high, aren't they? I said, this is ridiculous. I said, there's no way I'm going to build you a ball pit. And he kept on and on for months. I said, Don't, you're, waste, you're, wasting your, you're wasting your breath. You will not get a ball pit. When the balls had arrived and I was building the ball pit, <laughs> I said, how on earth did you persuade me to do that? And he had like LED lights underneath it, all fixed to his computer. Oh, crazy. Um, but the children know that you have the means to do it and that you love them. And if they keep on asking, there's a chance, quite a strong chance, they're going to get what they want. And I, I believe it's like that with God too. Sometimes he will give you straight away, even without asking what you, what you want. Sometimes you've got to ask. Sometimes you've got to ask a thousand times. When he's convinced you really want that... <laughs> He might give that to you, you know. And I think we're gifted in different ways, aren't we? That we're um, that we're built up the talent. You're all individuals, and you've all got different sets of skills and talents in your humanoid body. Uh, and, and and God can help you develop those. But also, you get gifts. You get Holy Spirit gifts, don't you? Like the tongues and the prophecy, and the, the healings and stuff. But how much do you want here? Are you prepared? Are you prepared to go for it? I remember I used to run a youth group in a congregational church near here, and quite a big group. And I started off with like upfront games. And one day I said to them, "Look, I've got a new game, but it's gross, and you'll be insane to volunteer." And before I could say any volunteers, there were three lads, and I'm, I'm not kidding you. They were on their knees, and they were going, "Choose me, choose me, choose me, choose me, choose me," you know. And <laughs> I, I love that picture. How much are we up? How much are we up for this? Uh, and 
you know, I, got a, I had a friend uh, who ran a mission organization. And when I was a young man, he, he said these words. If there is something good going from God, yeah, why wouldn't you want it? And I, I'd love you to, re- to remember that. If there's something good going from God, why wouldn't you want it? I remember a few years ago, I don't know if anyone was there, we had these like Holy Spirit Saturdays over in Trinity House. And there's a, a lady called Jeannie Morgan who's written a brilliant book called uh, My Hands, His Healing. And she was speaking there. And she did a really good talk. I guess there's only about 30 or 40 people there. Um, and then at the end she said, anybody that wants the gift of tongues, come and get it. And if you've already got a tongue, come and get another language. <laughs> I thought, is that even a thing? But she was often, she had the confidence. And I reckon about 10 or 11 people went forward. But in a church at the time of 1,000 plus, 30 or 40 there, about 10 people went for it. You know, it's not good odds, is it? Um, I just wonder how, you know, do we really, are we really up for this? Um, I, 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 there was a, a few years ago now, there was a, a thing going down in Cumbran where there was like an outpouring of healing. Do you anyone remember that? Cumbran? Um, yeah, a few. Did you go down? No? Anyone go down to Cumbran? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, and there's like warehouse and there was drug addicts running it, ex-drug addicts, and it, and it, was, it was amazing. Um, and there's just so many healings were happening. People were coming from all over the world to it. And it was like an hour and a half drive from Cheltenham. And I was looking after a vehicle for work, which only did 25 miles to the gallon. And it was a three-hour round trip. But once I'd been once, I just wanted to go every week to get down there. And, and I was like, a bit like those boys from my youth group, you know. I saw this healing anointing. I was going, I wanted to choose me, choose me, choose me, you know. Kept pestering the pastors who were really busy. You pray, will you pray for us? Until we had the confidence and we felt we had the anointing to go and pray for other people. It, it, it's really wanting it. And, and also, so I'd say, first of all, if there's anything good going from God, you know, go for it. And if there's gifts you really want for yourself, please ask. You know, we've got a father who has the means to provide. Yeah, he's got the treasury in heaven. He has a love for you. <laughs> and if you ask him enough, you may well get it. You've got nothing, uh, nothing to lose. And if you've been given spiritual gifts, I sense that some people in Trinity that have had gifts from God, or perhaps talents from God, and they're not using it. Yeah? You know, who recognizes the name Beth Shriver? Anyone? Two weeks ago? Yep, at the back. Yeah. So Beth Shriver, when she was nine years old, she was given a BMX bike as a gift. Now she, could, she could have just ridden it around the block a few times and then stuck it in the shed, couldn't she? But what she did was she spent half her life on this bike. She got together with other people with the same gift, BMX bikes. She learned skills from them. She spent time with them. She developed that skill, and two weeks ago, she won gold for GB. And amazing, and I, and I loved it at the end when she was just so exhausted. She was led on the floor. She couldn't even walk. She'd given so much to the BMX, and she led there and said, "I can't even feel my legs." And uh, I like that picture. You know, if you've got a gift from God, yeah, I want to really use it for Him to the point where I'm almost exhausted. In giving it, and I've been once or twice where I've been out in Macedonia, and I'm absolutely exhausted. 
but at the same time I'm elated because I've given everything I can. You know, it's, it's not just about turning up. Obviously, there's other things to mission as well. You need to pray into things. So if you're going to be called out by God to do things, then you need to pray into it, get people to cover you in prayer. Every day you're doing mission. You need to, to dwell with God. And you need to listen as well. Um, listening skills, develop those as Christians. I, I love, there's a lovely story about on my last trip. We just got to our first church. Holy Spirit came down and Tracy went to pray for this lady. And she said, oh, my neck is so painful. Yeah, it's a painful neck. Tracy listened to God, heard the word family. And she said, he said is, have you got family problems? Said, oh, let me tell you about it. And she went through these family problems. Tracy prayed for the family problems, yeah? And as she was praying for them, all the pain went from um, the lady's neck. She was listening in. On the last, on the last day at Prelapse, so I was on the third service, so I'd done two services of outreach. This was our final service, and we were pretty shattered um, by that stage. I turned the service, not into an evangelistic one, but into a celebration. And then we, ch- we looked at the love of God and how much they'd been loved by God and how much they could respond with that love. And I challenged the church and these people from the, the village that were there, that who, will give the, who will step out? You know, who will be filled with the power of God and step out and witness to this town, this mafia-run town, and these two villages uh, with Roma slums? Who will, who will go out and take Jesus to these I don't know what I expected. I told, I put the pastor on standby. He had like um, some anointing oil from Jerusalem and perhaps I expected five or six. When I, when I put that challenge out, uh, nearly everyone in the church put their hands up. Perhaps seven, I think I counted seven or eight that didn't. And I went to get around and we anoint everybody and I prayed the power of God into each person. And I looked around them and there were guys and they, were, they weren't just, oh, I'll do it. They were, yes, me, they were passionate about giving their lives to take message to Jesus and I hear some of them had perhaps only been a Christian one or two days some of them longer at the church but it was a it was very moving um, you see they've got no pedigree you know they wouldn't have felt anything special but they realized in that time in that short time how much Jesus loved them and they knew that if they made themselves available to God that his power would flow through them and they could do it you know not easy, but it's the resurrection life. It's a far better life than the life we had before. In those moments, and when I see that response, I'm thinking, this is resurrection life, isn't it? This is what I want. This is what I, what I feel like. You know, this, is, this is real living with Jesus, seeing people respond like that. Um, and I think, using with the guys, I worship guys. What I think what I like to do just to finish off is perhaps take these thoughts and hopefully you have felt Jesus saying to you today that you can do this. If there's anybody who feels that they're not up for stepping out for Jesus and and perhaps taking on things you've not taken before, I just encourage you to listen to him and say, look, Jesus, here I am. I'm available. I, I love that Isaiah, wasn't it? Isaiah was in the temple and he was alone with God. And God sort of says, um, who am I going to send to the people? Who am I going to send? And there's only two of them. <laughs> send me. Here I am, Lord. As I said, send me. Um, and I, I pray that you know, each one of us has that spirit in us where we say, choose me, choose me, choose me. That Holy Spirit come in power 
on me. Let me be a witness uh, for you. Okay. So just let, let's just pray together. Mm. Thank you for your love for each of us. Thank you, like each one of us here is special. Just say, I am special. I'm special. I'm loved by you. Lord, I make myself available to you today. I'm sorry for when I've held back. I'm sorry when I've believed people that said I couldn't do it. Because I know in your strength, Lord Jesus, in your strength, I can do this. The impossible can be made possible in my weakness. So, Lord Jesus, I I give myself again to you today. And just make myself available to you today. Because you only use one person. That's the person that makes himself available, Lord. So here I am. She's me. She's me, Lord. if there's gifts that you want from God you know perhaps you place your hand on your heart and just say Lord fill me give me the pray for that gift whatever the gift is whatever the talent is just ask the Lord for it again today or for the first time today perhaps there's gifts you've not been using Lord pray for strength to get back in to the game to be tagged back into the game to use your gifts and talents for him today Filled with his spirit and the power of his spirit and his power to be a witness for him.